welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. With your hosts, Matthew Fisher and Ray Booten, um, a few days before the Halloween holiday. Um, spooky, rather spooky, right, Ray? Oh, yeah, the weather uh, kind of goes right along with it. Dark, uh, gloomy. Yep, it's that time of year. Yeah, you ready for Halloween? Always. Today's extra gloomy out there. God's crying today. It's got the, the got the depression feel to it out there with all that dreary. It's almost like uh, no sunshine, just that dreary gray light everywhere and rain pouring. Well, not even pouring, drizzling. The rain's sad. Teardrop rain. Well, you we're kind of like you know watering the earth to make it easy for the uh, bodies to rise. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, our episode came out the day that we're recording this, the newest episode about urban legends is out. Um, you know, keeping, keeping with that, we thought, you know, another thing we thought people would really get into and dive in, really get a, really get a kick and entertained by keeping with that is the, you know, some unexplained phenomena, you know, going on out there. It's one of those, the unexplained phenomena is one of those things that, you know, they just can't, there's no scientists and folks can't put their head around why things happen. Really, even religious folks probably too, and just uh, the unexplainable. You know what I mean? Well, I love that stuff. I uh, I'm constantly trying to see what, if there's any research or what the latest uh, story is and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a common bond that me and Ray both shared from the get go. Um, not not gecko insurance, but the get go of uh, of everything, and uh, that's kind of that interest, that common that common bond and interest is what made us our powers combine to create the mostly ghostly podcast. So, without further ado, because I feel like this episode will be a little bit lengthy in itself, we walk into the first of our unexplainable. Phenomenal. First up is life after death experiences. You know what I mean? We've all heard stories of an older man that had a heart attack and codes. The medical team crash cart activated, frantically tries to revive him. And even though he is clinically dead, uh, he watches the team work on him while floating above the hospital room. He feels an awesome sense of peace. You know, Ray talked a little bit about this uh, when he, when you kind of went out for a little bit and you felt that peace that was just the greatest feeling you could, you could ever feel and you didn't want to come back. Um, many oh, yeah. Who, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, also, many who experience life after death also claim to witness some version of a tunnel with a blinding white light uh, and an, an enveloping warmth. You talked about that a little bit, right? Yeah. And then it often, often a voice from beyond that tells them it's not their time or that they must go back. Then did you didn't have uh, anything like that though, right? You just kind of came back. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have anything. Uh, I woke up. They were pins, needles, all sorts of equipment in me, and uh, they were reviving me. They had to start me back up, jump start me. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh... That is definitely, uh, you know, one of those, you heard about it forever type deals, you know. Um, so some witnesses, uh, some people witness no light, and instead the, the, the heavy knowledge that sheer evil was in the air. Some think these experiences are triggered by the brain, 
as a hallucina- hallucination when the end is near. You know what I mean? It's all, you ever hear the claim of like, um, like when you die and supposedly you see your, your ancestors and your family coming to you and you see visions of people you knew? Supposedly that's like scientifically, that's supposedly like your memories, like your, your brains, your, like your brains popping, so to speak. Like you, your brain knows it's going out. I guess the same thing what happens when you do like drugs or drink or whatever and like it kills the brain cells or whatever. It's not as, uh, I guess if you're on a hardcore drug, I guess it could be you'll be seeing shit, but it's, um, one of those things. So it's, it, they, they, they say that it's not so, the scientists would say it's not so much your family coming to see you in the end. It's more just your memories flashing of your life as you're going out. It's just kind of you going through, you know, memories in your life, which kind of makes sense as well. But it makes just as not just as much sense as the people coming to get you. I feel, you know what I mean? Well, one thing the scientists cannot explain is people who are brought into a room and they're unconscious or they're already dead. Yeah. They work on them. They get the heartbeat. Uh, even if it, let's say it happened during an operation, even. Yeah. They were unconscious, anesthesia. They lose them. They bring them back. Let's say an hour later, they're in recovery and they wake up. Mm. And this person can say, oh, I was looking down. And a doctor was doing this and a doctor was doing that. And this person came in a room and did this, that. These people may have no medical knowledge. They weren't even aware of who was in the room or what was being done to them, but they can recount it all. That's, yeah. that's not that's not a synapse blowing or popping off. Yeah. Where did that knowledge come from? Because they never knew who was in the room or what was done. They're just coming out of recovery. They've been out of it for a long time. That has to come from somewhere, and that somewhere is, uh, yeah, they were they were crossing over. They were partway there. Right. There's also a belief. Are you familiar with the Archons? I'm uh, not sure. I heard of it. Archons are a thing that people kind of believe. They're almost like uh, puppet masters, like like the Matrix type deal, where they feel that like we're all li- we're living in like a simulation type deal, and that like everything we see is programmed, so to speak, and that the Archons are kind of like the program creators. And uh, the whole the, the thing in the belief of that stuff, like. They feel that when you die, when, when you go into the light and the light's calling you in, uh, like that step into the light, walk into the light ordeal, that if you go into the light, that's when you go back into the rebirth and then you're reborn again as something else, you know. But if you don't go into the light, that's when you transcend to that next plateau, so to speak. You know what I mean? Of spirituality, you know what I mean? And, and fit not so you're, you're no longer physical, but the energy, you know what I mean? Well, the energy in uh, achieving enlightenment and going on uh, is losing all attachment to this to this world. Yeah, and the idea of that is usually associated with going into and becoming one with the light. Yeah, uh, if you're not, then you get trapped and you get drawn back into this world, into this reality, unless you choose. I mean, there are some religions and some uh, belief systems which say you have a choice to be able to come back and that can be to help somebody or finish uh some work you started yeah we'll go back to the reincarnation you know some people have to do it multiple times and 
you know, they thought some, they think sometimes if you're, you know, live not, live, live not such a righteous life, you come back as like a lower species. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of that one there. And you come back until you, you keep coming back until you've learned all your lessons. Yeah. That kind of uh, goes with that Archon thing a little bit, I feel, because, you know, to go to the, to go to the next plateau, but that, their, their deal almost sounds like they trick you into doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think there's any trickery there. I think it's an evolution of the soul, so to speak, of the consciousness reaching a higher level where it's not limited by the body and emotions of this planet. Yeah. Taking that, taking that step up. Yeah. I'm with it. Like I said, I, I think by the first one, I think... Um, so what do you think about life after death experiences? Do you think that's explainable or unexplainable? unexplainable to science because it's outside of their uh, their kind of ability to explain mm-hmm. it and unfortunately if they can't explain it science says it doesn't exist in a lot of areas they simply do that they say oh nope that's not real can't be real we can't prove it right. well there's a lot there's a lot out there that many scientists will admit that they Right now, they cannot exist. If you go into quantum physics, there's a lot of stuff that they've been able to uh, do or see that they can't explain. They're still studying. I mean, recently, uh, on a quantum level, they were able to uh, teleport some data. And it was kind of like, at one time, it's kind of like, no, 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 stuff like that is uh, teleportation. That, no, that's, that's stuff straight out of a Star Trek movie or something. Yeah. But now they're starting to see that it's possible, and they found out by mistake on a quantum level by watching atoms going, flashing in and out of this dimension and then showing up somewhere else. And then it goes to, um, they admit there are multiple dimensions, but they won't admit that you may move to another one. Mm. The scientists say, oh, everything is energy, but they won't say that your energy continues into another level. Uh, whatever their dogma is, they hold on to really, really tightly sometimes, even if there's evidence against it. Yeah. Um, one example, I was watching a show and that this is where the floor is. I was watching a show where the scientists actually, well, I think proved the opposite of what he was trying to prove by mistake. (laughs) It was, it took place on, in Bermuda. There were, uh, investigating the northern part of the Bermuda Triangle. They were looking at all the shipwrecks, and there's a ton of them up there, including planes that went down. And a scientist was standing on a rocky area outside of the, uh, uh, on the edge of the island, and he had the person doing the interview. And what he said is, well, the, it, the magnetic field here is very strong because of the composition of these rocks, yada, yada, yada. And he said it affected the navigation systems and the planes and on the boats. And that's why they got lost and went on a reef or came out of the sky. Then he reaches in his pocket and he takes out a compass and he shows the guy the compass, which is working. Yeah. He reaches down, picks up a stone and holds it next to the compass and it starts going crazy. Now, if you have a big enough magnetic field there to be able to take a plane out of the sky, affect the navigation of a boat, then from that island 
that compass wouldn't even work in your pocket, never mind anywhere else. Yeah. So he, he almost proved it was something else right there. But the fact that the compass did work until he got it near the stone. Since most of the island is made of that type of stone and it can take down planes and boats, et cetera, et cetera. He almost proved the opposite, that it's something he doesn't understand while he's trying to, trying to find something that proves his point. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's outside of what they, they really believe in, they're notorious for uh, fighting it until it slaps them in the face. It's truth. That is truth. You know, you, you said everything that could be said on that, you know. And I think the biggest thing with this one is, you know, no one will know. No one will know for sure. You know, people have their beliefs before on both sides of the fight. But, you know, I happen to feel that, like you know, we continue on into something. What it is, who knows? You know what I mean? There could be many speculations of what 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 exactly you do. I mean, not too many, but a few. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do believe that there's life after death. So I guess we can say that that, uh, well, mostly ghostly will prove that to be explainable in our mostly ghostly ways. <laughs> that, uh, so that makes sense to us, you know what I mean? Uh, next up, we have psychic powers, Ray, you know what I mean? Psychics claim to be able to see, hear, or know things about others or the future. That uh, They seem to know things uh, without being told anything. You know, how they acquire this unexplainable phenomenon uh, and then use use it to solve cases for police departments is very uncertain. You know what I mean? But are psychics for real? What do you think, Ray? I would say yes. There's enough we don't know about the mind that, um, and I'm getting away from the, from the fakes. There are some real ones. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, yeah, we'll start off real quick by saying there's definitely a whole bunch of fakes no doubt, but there are some real deals in there that can do it. Going back to scientists saying that we're all energy, yeah. and recent studies they did, they measured uh, energy, electromagnetic energy fields around the body, which extend outward. The brain has one. The heart has one. Uh, we're connected on an energy level that um, who is, I cannot say they, they can't do that. I have known people that have uh, been able to do that. And yeah. sometimes people will, they'll do that. Let's say you, you know, you're thinking about somebody and you get the phone call. Someone will say, Oh, that's coincidence. Well, yeah. if that's somebody you're connected to, you're connected on a level, you're connected psychically to that person. Then you're seeing that the person that, um, let's say they suddenly get into a bad mood. They start talking all, oh, oh, I'm going to cry. I remember one time I got up in the morning. I was miserable. This is about, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago, at least. Yeah. Uh, I was really bad. My wife was saying, what's wrong with you? And I said, three, three, three. Oh, it's, it's three and it's bad. I didn't know what it was. Well, at that time, we turned on the news afterwards. There had been a plane crash the plane broke up into three pieces and a hundred and something people died. Yeah. It happened. It happened overnight. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the crash, but I felt like crying. Like a lot of people died. I felt yeah. like it was horrendous. And for some reason, three kept popping up in my head. So, and if you also go to a point at one time, um, if you're talking about psychic abilities, you're also talking about remote viewing. The CIA had a program where they trained people to do it. Yeah. 
um, if they're investing money and training people to do it, and that is was to use uh, for spying, then there's got to be something there. Mainstream yeah. science may say no, but if they put millions, in, I know the the uh, Russians put millions into it. The U.S. put millions into it. They're not going to plot that money down on something that uh, doesn't exist. There is some type of psychic power. People can influence you through their energy, and they can send in information or receive information through that same energy field. Uh, the Earth gives one off. People give one off. <coughs> Excuse me. Just about everything living gives off an energy field, and that energy contains information. Now, would you consider you to have yourself to have a little psychic touch, or would that be more of an empath thing? Um, I'd, I'd say both. I'd say the empath because I receive. Yeah. The, the psychic, um, I was going to do some uh, mediumship session for somebody one time, and uh, all I knew about was the town they were in. I knew nothing about the people. I yeah. knew I'd be, I'd be going to a certain town. And ahead of time, I was meditating on it, and I'd never met the people or been there. And I could see a place. And I said, okay, and the door's here, the window's here. Da -da. I was looking around this place, and then I oh, there's a young lady. She's a ghost here, too. So a few days later, when I actually went, because I always do that meditation ahead of time, mm -hmm. Uh, when I went there, I ended up driving into the town, pulled up to a building. There was the door. There was the room. Everything was the same. And while I was there talking to them, um, yeah, they, they had, they thought they saw a ghost, a uh, lady ghost in that place. So everything I had seen a few days before, when I walked through the door, oh yeah, I've been here before. Yeah. I, I knew where it was but for me it, that most of the time to that to do it to that extent I have to do some serious meditation and concentration do you think that like um, our government and, and you know powers to be uh, I know they're not on, I know on their sleeve <laughs> they don't they don't admit to knowing about these things but do you think that they believe in stuff like this and maybe have a little special force of people that can you know dive deeper uh besides the remote viewing they've they've been training and working with people that do stuff like this for a long time i feel like yeah why you should right i mean that's how they they got into the occult that's how all these like you know hitler and them they got all into the occult and stuff because they were trying to figure out ways to you know capture everybody and keep their keep their 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 support forever type deal you know yeah through magic and shit like doing all types of weird stuff because um, some, you know, you know, what better weapon than being able to use, you know, those things to your to your ability, you know? Yeah, I'd say yes. Psychic powers are real. Science, uh, at least covertly, is looking into it as, yeah. as government. But mainstream science, uh, again, they they don't want to admit it. And you also have, depending upon your view on how much you trust government, <laughs> it could it could be that. As soon as mainstream science comes up with, oh, yes, it is, someone steps in and says, don't let the public know yet. <laughs> right. Or you're coming to work for us. So, I mean, if, if, you're, if you have that, a mind that thinks that way, that would be a definite possibility. 
That's why I say all the time, you know, big corporations have clauses and contracts where you can't talk about what you do and you can't release your work. You know, it only makes sense that governments and such would as well, you know what I mean? Who have more to hide. So yeah, I think we both agree that there is, there is, there, there is, there is a realistic side to the psychic thing. There are a lot of phonies out there that try and, you know, perpetrate, but, um, it does stem from reality. That's our vote. That's our mostly ghostly feeling. Um, next up, we have intuition and or ESP. Uh, did you ever have a feeling or just know something was coming up first before it happened? Um, you know, like a little, uh, what do they call that? Deja vu, like some deja vu type deal. Um, you know, your intuition is right on the money. You know, uh, it's an extra sensory perception. Uh, it's that gut feeling of knowing something that has already happened or will happen in the future. Um, call it a sixth sense or something only uh, mothers possess, if you like. But most of us have experienced it. Are we subconsciously picking up signals? Maybe the point is intuition is an unexplained phenomenon, and we have that gut feeling it will remain that way. Um, yeah, what do you take on the – I, I, you know, yes, you know, I don't know if I'd put them – so close together, I feel. But, like, what do you think of that? The intuition and that gut feeling, you know. I, I believe in the gut feeling, you know, because everybody's got one, you know what I mean? No pun intended. But um, you have that deal. You're walking down an alley, like a street. You see that dark alley that might cut, you know, five to ten minutes out of your walk. But you also see people juggling switchblades at the end. It's, and you, you, your intuition says, "Now nah, I probably don't want to go down that path. You know, when is it intuition, ESP, and when is it common sense? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'll, I'll separate the two of them. The ESP, is, to me, is more of an energy thing. When you right. feel an energy of something going wrong, you may not be able to recognize it, but you just feel bad about something. That's, that, that's the energy part of it. So you back off. Uh, intuition, I think, is a collection of your experiences, they come together you may not consciously be aware of. If, uh, you know, we collect data in our minds our whole life, we've been exposed to maybe some risky situations and know people who have, and though we're not consciously thinking about it, the subconscious mind puts one and one together, comes up with two, and suddenly you feel bad about going somewhere because all of those experiences you've had or information you've gathered is uh, putting up a red flag there, even though you don't consciously recognize it. It's, your mind is putting it together to try and warn you. And yeah, you can call that intuition, if you will. Uh, that's one way of looking at it. Like I said, the other one would be uh, you're feeling a disruption in the energy or some sort of negative energy coming at you, and uh, you're uncomfortable with uh, following through or going somewhere. Where, does, where, where do you draw the, draw the line between intuition and common sense? You know, that, the gut feeling. Uh, the gut feeling, the common sense is something you can kind of usually explain a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, uh, yeah, let's, let's go to such and such place. Um, well, well, let's, let's say in a political climate now, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's take a vacation. Where do you want to go? Portland. Oh, hell no. Right. <laughs> They've been rioting there forever. I mean, that's, to me, that's an overstatement, but that's common sense. You don't you don't go somewhere where that's been happening. Right now, I would not want to be traveling down to Louisiana. They're getting hit with a hurricane. That's common sense. These are yeah. over, 
overstatements as far as common sense goes, but it's when those things you take a look at something and go, no, but that's more of a conscious thing. Yeah. It's when the, the subconscious is the intuition when it puts it together, but you haven't realized it yet. So you get okay. that feeling of nope, 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 nope. Okay. What was Jiminy Cricket with what, Conscience? Jiminy, Is that what he was uh, uh, from Pinocchio? Oh, I'm trying to think of a song. I can't. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you believe anybody, do you believe people have Jiminy Crickets? Everybody has their own Jiminy Cricket? I don't know about Jiminy Cricket. I'd say sometimes uh, those wanders are more like a spirit guide, someone in spirit helping true. you. That's truth. Yeah, I'm with that. So yeah, I'd say that we, we, we at the mostly ghostly show, we definitely we agree. We agree uh, in the old intuition. You know what I mean? That's that's for shizzle. Uh, next up, of course, you know we have ghosts, uh, unexplainable. Which of course, you know, we believe in the ghost. Uh, and anybody out there doesn't know what a ghost is, uh, we can't really do much for you after that. That's uh, yeah, everybody, you know. But yeah, they're unexplainable, of course, you know. But there they've been seen, you know, they've been heard, um, you know, whether it be an electronic voice thing, catch them in photographs, uh, you know, video, see them just in person, smell them, you know what I mean? There's all different, all different ways to, to uh, interact, you know what I mean? But, you know, scientists can, they can't completely disprove, uh, you know, ghosts, so, so. You know, they've, they've, they even, some of them encountered some ghosts, uh, and there's not much they can really say to convince that they don't exist, which is true, because uh, what can you do? It's another one of those things that, until you witness, uh, it seems very far-fetched until you witness something that you can't explain yourself, and then you really start to question what's going on, you know what I mean? Well, I think science itself, um, again, I'd split that in half. I think that they would... Uh, they should recognize some evidence, like yeah. we talked about uh, dimensions and energy and transference, and starting to say, "Yeah, there's a possibility, or there's, or, or there's ghosts." And like you just said, I mean, if, if you go as far as evidence, you see things move, you see images, you photograph them, you get the EVPs. Mm. Uh, when I was in that that reformatory, I went into an empty cell, and made some sort of comment about, you know, I'm in your cell. And then at, it wasn't until afterwards when I played it, I hear, I hear the voices say, this is our place. And it's kind of like, yeah. oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now, this was just a simple recorder. It wasn't a spirit box. Didn't rely on radio waves or anything. It was a simple recorder. I got that and other vocals back. Yeah, there's something there. And, uh, do we know all of the details about it while we're in this life? No, we don't know all the details, but I think you should, even scientists should be open and open-minded enough to say, yes, there is something there. We don't understand. Sure. I, um, yeah, I know we went to that mental hospital, not by us, but when we were younger and the video camera caught a lot of stuff that we didn't really catch when we were in there. Stuff that if we did catch, we would have, we wouldn't have been in there anymore. We would have left. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but so yeah, definitely for sure. I'm with you on that. Next up, ball lightning. 
when people most people think of lightning they you know you picture the zigzagging lines that go across the sky um and there's also an uh, unexplained phenomenon called ball lightning have you heard of this ray i've heard about it it's kind of new to me but according to news reports in january 1984 a lightning ball entered a russian plane while in flight that must have been something it soared above the heads of the stunned passengers and the tail section of the airliner. It divided into two glowing tr- uh, crescents, which then joined together again and left the plane almost noiselessly. There have been other accounts of this odd phenomena, but it is rare to witness this firsthand. This makes the opportunity to study it scientifically difficult and recreating it hasn't proved successful. The fact that ball lightning is prone to be floating for a bit and fades away or explodes with a loud pop make it all the more odd. It also steers clear of the obstacles and has been known to follow patterns on furniture and walls. In the plane incident, the ball lightning left one hole in the plane um, coming and another hole going, but it's also been known to pass through window glass and walls without making a hole or sometimes without a scratch. Now, I feel like those holes in the plane might be a problem, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definite decompression problem there. I almost wonder if that – I almost feel like – imagine if this was – I don't know if I'm believing this one, but imagine if this one was – you were on a plane and you seen this shit. Dude, you'd have like a heart attack. You wouldn't know what the fuck's going on, first of all. <laughs> you see that lightning over your head? It's like Willy Wonka over your head in a million pieces. And then it forms a crescent. Now, if people aren't familiar with the crescent, it's like the half moon, if I'm correctly right. Like the two yeah, sides the, that are coming yeah, together the, yeah. to make a full moon. Yeah, the um, it's that deal, and then it like disappears. Like that's ghostly. That I wouldn't even consider that lightning. I would consider that some weird energy. Um, I don't, you know, to go super dark. I'd say that airplane was made with. Um, well, it was a 1984, so we, no airplane tragedies of our time were involved. So let's just go. Let's 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 do a bridge over that bad joke and continue moving forward. I didn't even say it was so bad, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this? I think that the, what they're doing is grouping two things. Ball lightning is recognized by a lot of scientists, and it tends to travel in a straight line and carries a charge. It is very rare, and they don't understand it. But the way they describe some of those things, going through walls, floating around furniture and stuff, to me, those are more like orbs or or spirit manifestations uh, showing up as an orb or glowing light being round. I I would say they're, they're combining those two, those spirit orbs and the ball lightning together in that little bit. I would separate them out. Do you think it would be something like maybe that furniture had lead in it or some iron rod or something that went through it and it just kind of followed that frequency and grounded and it went into a circle because it grounded? I assume the ball thing is because – is it ball because it kind of it like circles things like the furniture or is it ball because it just bounces off of everything? You know? Well, yeah, I, I want to know more about how it behaves indoors. I know that outdoors – and that's the only one that science will recognize. Outdoor ball lightning is like a ball. It's not yeah. just a circle. It's like a whole sphere. Okay. And it does travel and travels quickly, and it has a charge. 
which means if it were to go, uh, it wouldn't go through a wall. It would probably blow a hole in a wall. It kind of, I get, I get the feel of like a invisible alien craft with that, that's surrounded by an energy force field. Uh, that, that would be an option. That would be an option too for ball lightning since they don't understand it. Uh, interdimensional alien. Uh, there's lots of possibilities for what it actually is, but yeah. it is very, it's hard to measure. They don't understand it yet. Moving through energy, you know? Um, so yeah, that one is a little unexplainable, I think that, but I think there's multiple ways. There's multiple types. That's what's so makes that one so difficult to kind of tap into deeper without going into a whole episode worth, you know what I mean? Maybe we'll do an episode on ball lightning in the future. Um, next up, UFOs, aliens. Everybody here knows, you know, UFO, an unidentified flying object. Um, some UFOs uh, are weather balloons, meteors, specifically uh, specialty military planes or a myriad of other unexplainable objects. Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we definitely, I feel, both believe in a UFO presence. Um, that could be any one of these things. You know, I don't... You know, you and I that a UFO meteor. I don't know. I mean, definitely they're out there and they're a problem, but I don't know if I'd consider that a UFO. Um, I guess you could, because but it's more of a falling thing, right? Like it's floating and then falling type deal. Not so much. Not like it doesn't have a intelligent set for destination type deal. It just kind of goes where it goes, like dropping a throwing a rock. You know, like the difference between a bird flying through the air and a rock flying through the air. That's what I consider. You know, a UFO ship versus a meteor. Actually, I think that comparison's perfect. You yeah. throw a rock up, it comes down a certain way, that's it. But uh, the bird goes where it wants to. Right. The uh, And they're definitely, I mean, weather balloons, you know, we know about the weather balloon, like, alien-style thing. That's almost like the thing that I've seen that I, th- I, I, I contributed to looking more like one of those old-fashioned, longer oval army helicopters like one of those things but like weather balloon you know it's just kind of a shape that they're talking about they're not talking about an actual goodyear blimp with aliens on it you know what i mean um so they're just going shape wise that could very very well specialty military planes that's what i felt i seen was one of those helicopter things but that also i mean if if our military was to you know, discover these downed UFOs, I'm sure they would start to use their technology. Then that brings in the argument of these UFOs that we see in the sky. Is it actually people from another planet or is it actually secret tests that our government are, you know, experimenting with things that they found throughout the world and mixing materials and all the best scientists in the world coming together to create how to do, you know, invisibility and all these weird time travel things. I think it's more so that. Uh, but they probably found, but from, I do believe in aliens. So, I, you know, a lot of that stuff that they use is stuff I think they found from ships that they've recovered that have come from God knows where. I've seen UFOs twice. Yeah. Both times I, I cannot say that they were, anything, any technology that was earth-orientated. They simply did things no plane could ever do. 
as yeah, we know, as a public. As a public. As a well, public. One, there were three lights. They were not flashing. Information going across the sky. And this was yeah. pretty high up. And they were going fast. And then they cut back at a 45-degree angle. And this was not not a looping motion. This was just zoom up suddenly 45 degrees. Then another 45 degrees started abruptly started going back along the original path. And this was like almost like a, making a uh, something like a Z with those shock turns. Yeah. And then it's, it just sped up and took off. And I mean, it was going so fast. It just kind of and then disappeared. Nothing can make it make something where uh, if you take a look at a 45 degree angle, nothing can cut that fast. Right. And do it, do it twice and then disappear. And I wasn't the only one who saw it. Uh, there were a group of us looking up at the night sky. We were up in Maine and we basically just looked at each other and go, Oh yeah, it's UFO. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Nothing, nothing can do that. This was maybe, oh, this was at least 10 years ago. Yeah. I felt like I've seen more than a handful, maybe less than, less than two handfuls of UFOs in my day. And some of them I'd say, you know, I think we're an alien thing. And some I would say, you know, very could have been, could have been just something that, cause like, I, th- I think, you know, the technology stemmed from that, stemmed from something otherworldly. But I think that what the things we find and study and create and recreate, I think there's that stuff floating around too. You know what I mean? That they're using to either, they're using to either figure out a way to get the upper hand on another army. You know what I mean? For a war type thing, or they're trying to figure out a way to protect us or mainly themselves, but protect humanity from whatever brought that ship here that might bring other ships here. I think those are the two reasons for, trying to recreate what they find and, you know, the higher technology, because they do, they obviously have a higher technology than us. If they're able to travel here as far back as, you know, the fifties and probably even earlier. Uh, yeah. I'd say some UFOs are real. Some are military. Uh, I say there's a mix in there with a little bit of people mistaken things. Uh, the old weather balloon story. Yeah. But I, I'd say that, uh, right now, you probably have people seeing actual UFOs and you have some people seeing the uh, secret uh, military maneuvers that they weren't meant to see. Yeah. There's weird, like you'll watch videos of like weird triangular things in the sky that just like rotate. And it's like, what, like, what, like, how do, how do they even do that? But, you know, there are some genius minds out there that have that and money is no option to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they created some shit. All you really got to do is figure out, like, with magnets. I know there's a way with the fly with magnets, you know what I mean? There, there's all the, and gravi- the gravitational pull using it against itself and all that stuff. It's like, so it's not impossible, you know what I mean? And it is explainable through science, you know what I mean? Some of the stuff, which is fun, very fun stuff. But I think that, yeah, UFOs um, are definitely in the world of mostly ghostly and explainable thing. You know what I mean? So next up we have amphibians encased in stone. In 1821, a stone mason discovered a rock with a lizard inside that he uh, procured 
from 22 feet beneath the surface. That year, Tillotch's philosophical magazine ran an article about it. He found a lizard and embedded in the stone. It was coiled up uh, in a round cavity of its own form, being an exact impression of the animal. The critter then got up and ran around. Many have discovered amphibians inside a rock, and most of these beings jump out alive, leaving their imprint behind. Um, You know, rock takes hundreds to thousands of years to form. So, you know, how did an animal end up inside? And most amazingly of all, how did it survive, you know, all that time? And it took, it took the rock to form around it. Gosh, damn. Yeah. So my take on that, I find that one a little far fetched because like you got to go, you got the Jurassic Park element where it does on paper, it does kind of. You know, and in the mind of the imagination, it sounds like a good, fun thing where, yeah, you know, it could be possible. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things like, you know, how how would it survive? Because first of all, like it would have to deep freeze quickly, you know, like the head of Walt Disney. You know, I think he cut, they, they, they froze his, they cut his head off. They fucking decapitated him and froze his head so they can someday bring him back to life. But like I never understood the whole free, that that whole getting frozen in time aspect, but then coming back, like in this, it says animals come back to life shortly after, which I highly doubt. Um, I highly doubt any of these that you, when they are, you're stuck in a rock or you're stuck in some lava, you know, some, some like, you know, sap from a tree, you know what I mean? Something like that, that like encompasses you. Sap in a tree, the, the, the Jurassic park thing actually makes more sense because they take the, the, the shit out of the mosquito. But with this, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? An animal freezing, or I, I, for, I always say freezing because the only thing I could assume that the, the way that would be possible would be some type of freeze type situation. But them being, you know, embedded in this stone and surviving is insanity. And uh, what's your take on this, Ray? Because I just don't find it. I find this completely. I even think mostly ghostly thinks this is, this is, uh, unexplainable and not real uh in stone i agree uh freezing it depends on the life form because you're talking about cell damage you have like i know frogs and certain certain other life forms that uh because of the structure that they can be frozen and brought i think it's frogs it's one of them that can be frozen and brought back to life but they go into stasis when they're frozen and then you just can stimulate them and they come back to life some actually go into a deep hibernation similar to dying and come back. But if you're talking about something being embedded in stone, it should have been petrified along with the stone. And no, I, I don't think something 10,000 years old is going to come out of uh, a piece of stone and start walking again. You put a steak in a freezer for five years, you defrost that thing, you can't eat that. So you put you put this animal in, in whatever for 100 years and you think it's going to just break like you're gonna break the shell like pop a fucking eggshell open and then like it hops out and like runs around the room is like more far-fetched than some fairy tales you know what i mean that's like insanity like uh and a rock like either either no oxygen gets in there and it would suffocate or oxygen would get in there and it would die because it would you know because it would, the only thing that would, what's weird is the only thing that would encompass it for all that time would be 
completely cut off from everything. You know what I mean? Like no air, nothing's getting to it. Just whoop, freeze dried, sandwich bagged up type shit. But then the flip side of that is like, without that, you ain't going to be able to survive. It's weird. It's a very weird take. Uh, I don't believe it. You know what I mean? Uh, The other thing, the other thing too is that, you know, yeah, if you flash freeze certain species, um, they can be brought back. But if you're talking about in that rock, okay, what's going to sustain it? If it's got any sort of metabolism going, what's its energy source? It's going to cannibalize itself so that you just find bones afterwards. So it does that until the point it dies? It has no more fuel to live. Uh, no, it's there's too too many big questions around that one. I just I just can't wrap my head around that. And this is 1821 we're talking about too. So like we're going back some time. Um, yeah, I just don't. And a, a lizard like. I don't know if a lizard could feed off itself or, 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 or I don't know what it would have to eat off something. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, that's more of a dude, put a lizard, put a lizard in like cement, made a rock, popped it open and tried to become famous. Well, the other thing too, if that's possible, then why, when they dig up fossils, they just don't reanimate. Yeah. that have been out of it for 60 million years. It's like we'd have a bunch of T-Rexes, bony T-Rexes running around. Or even like, yeah. doesn't make sense. Or even like uh, the wildebeest there, whatever. What do they call the big elephants with the tusks from back in the day? The mammoth? Mammoth. Even like they they find mammoths and shit with like the the, the skin still on them from, but like they're, they're decomposed, but they're still frozen. Like, and they're closer to life than... You know, most things, I guess, because they're, they're more intact. You know, they find people frozen all the time, too, supposedly, and they can't bring them back. What's that uh, What's that big famous mountain that everybody climbs that you, like, you pass, like, frozen dead bodies on your way up? Oh, Mount Everest. Yeah, like, uh, why don't they just grab those fucking people, bring them down, bring them back to life? I'm sure their family's probably, like, another Christmas with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I just, there's no way. When I start thinking cell damage, preservation, yeah. uh, energy, survival, that I can say, I believe that one. Nope. It's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, next up, the hum. Hum. The, the hum, this is an unexplainable phenomena that involves a perpetual humming low-frequency sound that certain people can detect and others cannot. It is known in New Mexico as the Taos Hum, and there are other areas around America and the world that have this unexplained phenomenon as well. It can hi- it can be highly disturbing to those who who do hear it, since it goes on and on. Scientists do not know where the hums originate. You know, I've heard this hum before. Um, when you're in a no, special pl- place, it usually zaps in. But I, I think it's all the energy around you and stuff. I think it's just that nat- because there's so much going on in the world and everything around. Realistically, there's a lot going around to everybody at all times. Uh, they're not just standing in the woods in the w- wilderness in the middle of nowhere with, with complete silence. There's energy and all types of stuff around them. And I think that that develops a hum where it's never just silence. You know what I mean? Like right now I'm hearing the hum of the computer. Like there is no silence i hear cars going by there is no just silence you know what i mean so i think 
all that cluttery stuff in the air is the hum that they speak of. What's your, uh, what's your th- thoughts? Well, we can only hear, just like we can only see certain spectrums, we can only hear in it. Our hearing is limited to a certain range. Yeah, that doesn't sure. mean that uh, there aren't other sounds out there. A sensitive person may be able to start to hear may be able to hear those things and may identify it as a hum. Uh, I agree with you partly in the background noise. Yeah, it can be background noise. Um, also, there's a Schumann resonance. The earth itself gives off a vibration that some people could pick up as a hum. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why that could exist. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's back, a... Well, yeah. yeah, background noise, um, any of the other things there's a good chance that that could be real. I think that there's a, um, there's a hum there that when you were born, we're born, like by the time you start to talk, you're, you're a couple of years into it being normal. So you don't even realize it type deal. But I think that there, there, there is, there is a hum out there. I think that every, that everybody just gets used to it's everyday life. I mean, think of how many things you just get used to that don't that are the regular flow that you don't even think of like breathe look at breathing like breathing something your body just does for you you know what i mean like it's so important to being alive but you don't even have to worry about it you know what i mean it's just one of those things from birth it just happens and i almost feel like this hum thing is something that's out there but as you grow you just get so used to it that it's just regular stuff and you know why you know why bring it up type deal and then it gets to a point where you just forget about it in your subconscious. It just is what it is. I, I agree. I mean, if you go into a sensory deprivation chamber or even some, one of those soundproof chambers they have, you, people who stay in there for a while start going a little nuts. Because you can start to hear your own blood going Maybe. through your system, your pulse. Not just your heartbeat, but it's sounds a little bit like the ocean you can start to hear things that you normally don't because of other sounds and your mind puts in the background but some people start going a little nuts a uh, little nuts because they start hearing this like surging which is a blood through the veins and a heartbeat is suddenly very loud and yeah so it's there's a bunch of stuff and if you're going through a phase where maybe uh whether it's your hearing or you're distracted or other noises yeah you you pick, you're picking up you're picking up stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily uh, extraterrestrial or extrasensory. I think it's just that uh, you happen to tune into whether it be the background noise, your own body noises. Um, yeah, there, there's a whole lot of reasons that hum can be there. I want to do there's a there's a um, I watched a video once, and I want to do a episode in the future on unexplainable sounds. Um, because I was doing some research and hearing all these weird noises that come from the earth. And there was a video that um, these scientists dug super deep into the earth and they dropped the microphone down. And you can hear like, you hear, you know, the thing you can hear like people yelling and crying and screaming. It's like the eeriest thing. And they say that they, they discovered like hell. That's what they think it is. And it's like such an eerie thing. Yeah, I forgot what the name of it is. It's it's something I don't know if they actually call it hellhole or something like that. But people scream when they yeah. when they put something down it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in finding out what that's about. The way we don't use our all of our brains, I wonder if there's parts of our brain that subconsciously make us block out sounds like the hum, like they're put to work to make us constantly just forget that that's their type deal. You know how we only use certain amounts, like the other amounts must be doing something to, you know what I mean? They're not just, 
laying dormant, I feel, but they must be being worked in a un, more less unproductive way. You know what I mean? But maybe oh, there's a reason for that. Yeah, I'd I, almost I, speculate real quick. I'd almost speculate to say powers that be that don't want everybody using their full mind might put something in the air that would kind of burden the human mind. So it can't be as powerful as it could be. Ooh. Your turn, Ray. No, I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that because, uh, we know that the brain, uh, we constantly have a lot of thoughts. We have memories. We have all this stuff up there. But when we're doing something, all those memories are still in our head, but they don't come all up at once. Yeah. We compartmentalize. We put different parts in our brain. We forget about this. We push that to the background. Um, all of this is going on all the time. That can happen with sound. Uh, it can happen with a lot of things. Where the way the way brain stores it, and we couldn't remember everything, and we couldn't deal with every sensory input that we have if it all came on at once. Yeah. So, so we block it, and we put it in a if it's a, not a threat. Let's say we put it in this room of our mind, or if it's something we want to use later, then we put it over there. We're going to call it a memory. It's just the way the mind works, and. I'll I'll even agree with you that if there's some way, whether it be uh, radiation, electromagnetic pulses, uh, sound, etc., to manipulate people, there's someone in the world, be it a government or someone else, who's at least exploited if have it, they haven't tried to actually use it on people to control them. Yeah, I mean, they've, pr- they've proven in marketing where you know certain products will put different images and cues of music there's different frequencies that things can be played at that like men- go in mentally like a-, a certain way which is there's a lot of weird things that can be done but yeah you know they they sell sex a lot when they don't need to you'll see that like over sexualized kind of marketing and stuff like that because they know that people that's going to catch people's attention inside like in their subconscious and shit so there's a lot of that going on but yeah i wouldn't be surprised are you familiar with halloween three season of the witch uh no it's the one without michael myers by they did when they did the third one carpenter wanted to take a completely different route with the franchise and what they did is they did one without michael myers and the whole plot to it is you have the great tom atkins is in there and he's um he like stumbles upon this it's like a company that sells halloween mask and they're 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 you know they're selling them to the public and they're pumping them out and they get all the kids pumped up and they're like all right kids you know on halloween we're showing our brand new commercial everybody's gonna love it it's gonna be great um it's got this great theme song for it and everything and what the whole deal is it's just like dark illuminati illuminati cult type shit and what they do is they get all these kids to wear these masks and at halloween they play this song and it fucking kills the kids and then like i, I think it might even kill the parents too like in the room with them but like i i know no the dead no the, the parents are killed fucking emotionally and mentally because the kid's head, like, fucking explode in the mask and, like, roaches and shit come out of its mouth. So, like, they destroyed the parents. But what, like, when you really break down the sinisterness, it's a movie. But if you really take that idea and think about that for a little bit, it's, like, super dark. And it's quite a weapon to be used on any, any fucking society. But, like, and even as a kid... That's always stuck with me is like, wow, like that's real life horror right there. Like that, that is a lot closer to reality than we would like to think. You know what I mean? 
Well, did you hear what they used to? Uh, they did it for a short while, but they stopped them. I don't know if you heard about it. On some of the old horror movies, in the soundtrack, they would pick a tone that's just outside of what you can consciously recognize. Yeah. That would irritate you. Yeah. And they would put it in there so that you'd be sitting there and you'd start getting antsy and irritated as the moment built up. And you didn't know why. And it wasn't because the film was great. Is they were manipulating the sound and affecting your brain and how it re- responds to certain pitches. Right. And they'd make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And people come out and they go, man, that was creepy. I felt bad the whole thing. It's like, no, they just played with your mind. That was a uh, one of the things with Freddy Krueger, you know, the making of Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven and the wardrobe people made a decision. The the green and red, they picked that for the sweater because in a contrast, they realized that those are the two colors that when you see them, your mind, like your eyes, like it bothers your eyes or something like that when you see those colors together. Um, so, I, you know, yeah, I mean, they've been go- doing stuff like that all the way back. It's a great tactic. You know what I mean? And I know bands oh, yeah. that I know musical acts that kind of mess around with that frequency shit too. You know what I mean? Um, it's weird, but yeah, like it's weird because we are the human body and mind is a tool at the end of the day. And like, it can be, if, if, if people know what they're doing, it can be like jeopardized, you know what I mean? Like through sounds and, you know, all types of shit, dude, it can be, it can be affected and it can be, psychologically subconsciously manipulated into doing things that it might not regularly do you know in a far-fetched idea you always hear that weird story of like like um we'll use an example one of the cases was um fucking uh the dude who killed kennedy there fucking i don't know why i'm i don't know why i can't think of his name at this moment huh oswald oswald yeah I feel like a dummy. I I regularly know that, but like the Oswald thing, the specu the speculation that he was like brainwashed, you know what I mean? And he he did it under under being you know uh, like zombied out type deal, um, which is an interesting thing because I think that the mind the mind is delicate and like somebody could call somebody, you know, pick up a phone and you get like a crazy frequency message that's just beeps and noises and like that. I feel like that could pop your brain and you can do something stupid. And then, you know, the next day kind of forget you ever did it. I do think that's possible. And I do think that that's been done before. Maybe not in the, in the Oswald situation, but I do feel that shit like that's happened more stuff behind the scenes where they say, you know, after their job's done, they probably, you know, go into a field and blow their head off or something, something family friendly. But, um, you know, I feel like it's more like that. And then Jack Ruby, the Jack Ruby dude's the same deal where they fucking, the dude who shot him, they had him, he was like mafia informant type shit. And he was, he was trouble too, but I, they, they, they made him, he, he claimed that he like didn't know why he did it after the fact too. It's all weird. That whole deal is weird. We, we, we do a big episode on the behold one day, but so next up, our next one up is, uh, we've talked about this many a time and it is, uh, the big Sasquatch Bigfoot. You know what I mean? I think everybody out there has a good idea of what Bigfoot is, so we probably don't have to dive too deep into it. You know what I mean? There's numerous movies, TV shows, podcasts, radio shows, television, um, documentaries, uh, you name it, you know, um, talking about Bigfoot. And I think that when we talked about it, our, our final take on it was 
It was kind of, I know my take on it, and I think you agreed with me, is Bigfoot's more probably somebody that was born with like a, like a deformity that was kind of exiled, unfortunately, from their society and families and went to go live in the woods type deal and were just became folklore type through that. Um, cause yeah, like I said, I don't know quite if I believe in this big ape like thing. Like I don't even believe the, I, the, like the possibility of you go to the, uh, a jungle and finding a, a big gorilla in the jungle. I don't even think the reality of finding a gorilla that we know to be true in the Bridgewater triangle. I don't believe that to be reality. You know what I mean? So like, I really think that the Bigfoot phenomena came from exiled people that looked different. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I believe that's, that's one definite possibility there. Um, yes. as far as my question would be for the Bigfoot people, like you mentioned the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. Um, how could you sustain a population of Bigfoot over there in a long period of time? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think that that the tri- triangle could sustain them. And now if you're going to start going into, Oh, they're interdimensional beings. Then you got something that's visiting us using another dimension. And there were stories about people seeing them come through portals. Yeah. There, there are different, there are different stories that way. Um, but even if, if you do, if you had, let's say an individual or a family that had uh birth defects and went out and separated themselves from, uh, and this, this sounds more like a, a horror film, separated themselves from the world and once in a while kidnapped somebody to keep the DNA line going. Uh, that deformity could be a, I don't know, the, become the dominant gene and they just live away from society. But there's all sorts of things that could happen. Do I think there's actually an unknown species hanging around out there uh, like a big ape that's uh been around for millions of years undiscovered and particularly in smaller areas like if you go back about 10 12 years there was supposed to be a sighting right outside of town where i live and there's no way there's a wooded area that could sustain anything there right stories about uh bigfoot in parts of rhode island that's the smallest state in the union that tiny little place couldn't hold anything yeah. So yeah, I, I think most of the stories there are probably just misidentification of animals, uh, people doing pranks, and in some areas, yeah, it could have been people that, uh, for one reason or another, whether they are have a deformity or another reason, they just took off from society, live on their own, and stay away. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that that might be my number one. I think that it could be second would be the portal thing, because yeah, I do I do believe in the portal situation, the dimensional aspect. And realistically, if there was other dimensions like bizarro worlds, then there's probably a dimension where humanity never really civilized from that caveman era type deal. You know, we never really became what we are today, you know, and there there would be man beast type things out there that never really progressed or evolved. You know what I mean? And in the sense of the portal, I could see one of them stumbling through a portal by accident Um and then coming, that makes more sense. I think that makes more sense than just a Bigfoot that would, that somehow, you know, is lives in the woods around, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, 
I don't, I don't jive with that as much as the other two. But the other two, if you were to tell a layman, they'd probably tell you that's far fetched. But I think they make more sense than like the actual, you know, family version of the urban legend that you always hear about. You know what I mean? Well, some people think that uh, for a portal to exist, you have to open it. There are naturally occurring ones. Yeah. And if it's naturally occurring, something, whether it be Bigfoot or something else, could wander through. Yeah. And who knows what life on, in another dimension or on another world looks like. So how, how long do you think you would last if you stepped into a dimension of Bigfoot? Probably not that long. Um, well, once you could buy all the whole oxygen food source and stuff like that. Yeah, you wouldn't last that long. They might just keep you around as a pet. Or they keep you around for worse things. Well, you know, you might become the urban legend of uh, Bigfoot land. They could worship you. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, there's one of those no-here beings. Stay away. They're dangerous. They eat us. (laughs) It's true. You You can only communicate with them by knocking on trees. There you go. You can only communicate with the skinless by cracking open their head to see their thoughts. That's what the Bigfoot thing. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have uh, the body and mind connection. Um, you know, this is a weird one where uh, they don't really get too deep into it, you know. Um, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, how can some people take the placebo and still end up being cured? Uh, is there a belief, their belief in cure enough to cure them sometimes it appears to be true you know some people think uh, and or pray that illness is away um and our mind's connection to the body do you think that that's one of those things it's kind of like a a positive thinking type thing you know what i mean if you which i do believe in i do believe if you think real positive and you try to speak a lot of positivity out that things will be more positive the things you say they might not all happen but I do feel like you saying them into the world starts the bridge of making them, those things happen. You have to follow through, of course, but I do think that, you know, speaking positivity brings positivity. Your thoughts? I think that the mind-body connection is a lot stronger than people give themselves credit for. Yeah. Um, I know that in myself, um, I have a couple of medical conditions, and I know that when I am positive... And when I meditate and pray and what I believe affects on how I feel. Yeah. And there were certain times when um, I go about like, hey, oh, yeah, I forgot I have that. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like it's not there anymore. Right. And it's, it's as if uh, on a day-to-day basis I were healed. But my belief is that I am healed. Yeah. That's how I believe. That's how I think. That's how I behave. So... Uh, the conditions to me are a non-entity. They really don't exist anymore. Yeah. And I feel that even, you know, it's good to be, it's good to be positive with anything because even like, you know, the negativity, the negativity of worry and doubt is worse for you in any situation. So even when it's difficult, just try and stay positive. That's my, that'd be my advice for anything. Well, science itself says that the stress caused on the body by the negativity, the worry, and the doubt, uh, the, the, the doubt and uh, the fear, anxiety, 
all of those things disrupts the physical mechanisms in the body. And it starts to create things, whether it be ulcers, whether it be stomach issues, uh, high blood pressure. So if we can create the negative in our body and the response to how we're thinking and feeling, why can't we create a positive in our body by how we think and feel? We can. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm big, uh, I'm big believer on it. So I think that mostly ghostly, you know, believes definitely in that, that, you know, your mind and body is connected and uh, it's kind of like a no brainer a little bit. We're all connected. It's energy, you know, you know, it's your body speaks to your mind and your mind speaks back to your body. You know what I mean? It's a yin and a yang and knows what's going on. That's how, you know, if you've got sickness and you, you'll feel like, like if you've got like people get infections and stuff like that, you know, they can feel something's not right. You know what I mean? They can feel things coming on. That's their body telling their brain the deal. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the the brain tells the body to breathe. You know, it's just a yin and a yang back and forth type deal. So for sure, um, it works that way. And uh, positive thoughts uh, are like uh, watering your flower, I guess, of your life, watering the plant of your life. So make sure you water your life with positivity. Um, next up is a it's a kind of a ghost story that we're familiar with from our paranormal life of the Warrens. This is one of their cases. We have the Enfield Poltergeist. There was all kinds of phenomena reported and witnessed by the family, neighbors, police, journalists, and investigators in 1977 and 1978. Furniture would move around seemingly uh, without the aid of human hands. Knocking sounds were heard the sources of which were never found. People were allegedly thrown into the air. Janet was seen levitating above her bed, witnessed uh, witnessed by a person outside the house through a window. Electrical equipment broke down with batteries draining inexplicably. Teleportation. The list is almost endless. Now, I never remember teleportation in, in their, their uh, rough story. You know what I mean? Um, one of the strangest things about the Enfield case is that the thing behind it all seemed to be uh, sentient. In fact, it could use knocks to communicate, and audio recordings exist of it speaking through Janet with the voice, a voice most uh, incongruous to an 11-year-old girl. Um, if I remember correctly, it, it, the voice identified itself as the previous occupant of the house, Bill Wilkins, an old man who had died of a brain hemorrhage in the chair downstairs. Um, any horror fans out there? I believe this was the plot to The Conjuring 2, I think, um, which was very creepy. Um, it had, you know, there was a ghoul dude who they, they talk about the guy in the chair downstairs. He's a, he makes an appearance and he's fucking horrifying. Um, the Conjuring's are really creepy. James Wan's doing a big usually. Um, good series, The Conjuring of creepy stuff. Now, you know, there's a famous photo of this of, uh, I believe to be Judith or Janet there, uh, the levitating thing, but it really kind of looks like her jumping off the bed. Are you familiar with that picture? Do you know the one I speak of? No, I don't know, but it makes me smile, the jumping off the bed thing. 
Yeah, it's like uh, I've seen this a lot. Every time I, I, I look into this case, it's always the main picture they show. If anybody's interested, they can easily look it up. Just type in the Enfield poltergeist, and you'll see a girl in a red pajama bottoms in a nice 1970s bedroom with some hideously handsome gentlemen on posters in the wall. And um, she's like in the middle of two beds off the ground. And uh, it looks like she just jumped and took a picture realistically, to be honest. Um, but what can you do, you know? That one is, um, I want to say that that, uh, I know that the Warrens were attacked for making some fake claims for some of their bigger stories, which that was one of their bigger stories. And I don't, I don't quite remember if that was one of the ones they debunked or not. They went at a few of them pretty heavy and hard and like had, uh, had some debunk shit for them. But I don't recall if that one was proven. I mean, I think I just proved that fake with that picture being a jump picture. But uh, next deal up, Toys R Us in Sunnyvale. Are you familiar with this story? This is uh, since the 1970s. Weird stuff has happened at this toy store. Uh, there is no more Toys R Us now, though, so there, this doesn't happen. The more common strange events uh, involve staff hearing their names whispered, which I've heard that before at my work. Cold breezes, I felt those, and objects moving on their own accord. Uh, taps would be, would turn on by themselves in the woman's bathroom. And many of the store's female employees experienced something unseen playing with their hair. I believe that was Alexander Hawk. The photograph above was taken with an infrared sensitive camera, infrared sensitive camera. During the seance at the store, during the filming of a TV show documenting the haunting, which whenever that, that's all, whenever you hit TV show, you can always speculate reality. Uh, the single standing figure at the back remains unidentified and is strangely translucent in places nobody present remembered seeing anyone standing during the seance. And other cameras shooting the same view all failed to capture the figure. The cause of the paranormal mischief is supposedly Johnny Johnson, a Scandinavian immigrant who used to work the old farm uh, that the store was built upon. In 1884, while chopping wood, Johnny accidentally struck himself with the axe and bled to death alone on the site. I guess you would back in a day like that. Um, Johnny Johnson probably liked to drink alcoholic beverages because you usually don't kill yourself cutting up trees. Uh, unless, of course, it was, you know, one of those things they call, you know, intentional. You know what I mean? Um the picture that they spoke of, I've seen. It is a very weird picture. Uh, anybody wants to check it out, it's uh, go Toys R Us and Sunnyvale picture. Uh, I'll give you the rundown real quick. It's kind of just a toy store. There's a bunch of kids kind of sitting around on the floor with their parents. There's some weird lighting displays in it. Um, there's definitely some sun coming in. You do see a gentleman standing kind of at the end of the hall. I do question whether or not um, whether or not uh, it is what they're telling it is or if it's just a dude, the janitor taking a break, you know what I mean? You can never tell. You see a lot of ghost pictures and it's just like you see it and you're like, that's probably just some fucking random person just chilling, you know what I mean? But uh, it's weird, yeah. I thought that's... What do you think about that? Um, I don't know the details about it. Some of what they're saying, it does sound like a haunting. Yeah, that's what I'd say it would be. 
Nothing so, more than that, like. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it in the, in the category of, uh, uh, yeah, no disrespect saying simple haunting, but it, right. it's a haunting. That's what I think it is, too, yeah. So you're trying to make a little more out of it than it is. Not, you know, not that it's nothing small, but I don't think it's as big as the other ones that they discussed. The Toys R Us situation. I remember hearing a creepy Toys R Us thing where there was weirdo, like, uh, pedophiles living in the Toys R Uses, and there was kids that were going when they, when they, um, it was a common thing when they recently just shut down all their stores. There was dudes, there was kids going into the back of the buildings to take shit out of the dumpsters, and they were getting attacked by, like, weirdo people. There was, like, multiple cases, but it could have been an urban legend thing, you know what I mean? Um, next up, we have Human Combustion. Um, that's a Toby Hooper film as well. But, uh, Human Combustion's always been a weird thing. I always assumed it was just murder covered up. But, um, because you see a lot of the after effects of it. You don't really see them, you know what I mean, lighting on fire, so to speak. Usually what you'll see is you'll see a body that the torso or so is like charcoal to shit, uh, and then their legs are fine. Or I've seen situations where the body was charcoal to shit, but they're on a bed that's not burnt, like weird stuff. Um, but I'll give a little, go a little deeper into this, you know. Uh, you know, human combustion, it, it's a pretty weird one, you know. Um, there's been hundreds, supposedly, of cases reported, uh, most with similarities. Usually the victim's torso has burned away entirely, like I said, and only a small area of charring to the surroundings. Often limbs also remain scorched at the end, but intact otherwise. Just a couple of cases. In 1986, uh, retired firefighter George Mott, his remains were discovered in his New York apartment. According to some sources, all that was left of him was a leg, a shrunken skull, and pieces of his rib cage. Um, Marty Hardy Reeser, while sitting in the chair um, in her Florida home, Upon discovery, all that remained was the burnt seat springs, some bones, and a shrunken skull, and one foot that was still wearing its slipper. Again, the burning was localized. So it's all, it's weird, the very weird stuff. It's almost like, a, it almost fits into a horror movie where, like, you are a Freddy Krueger type shit, where in a dream, you're, you're like lit on fire or blown up in a dream, so your body's like impacted by it but like just your body type deal. It's weird. Um, I've read before that they, they, they try and they try and call it. Um, they try to say that it's some type of intestinal thing where the gas is in your stomach, like fucking mesh in a wrong way. And like your belly explodes type shit. But I don't know. It's weird. I still kind of think it's kind of foul play. I think somebody killed somebody off and they, and they, they burnt them up. And the fact that, the fact that only certain parts of their bodies are burnt is because I feel, you know, there's certain chemicals that you can put on a body that burn. Um, I sound very creepy saying this, but there's certain chemicals you could that they just kind of burn whatever it's on, like because the chemical burns not so much the body. So it just burns. And then once they're once whatever it's on is gone. I mean, if a, if a leg was left, if, the, if a leg didn't have that chemical on it, it ain't going to. It ain't going to burn the rest of the leg. It's just going to burn whatever is on it. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's more of something like that. I think it's 
You know, I think that, 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 uh, like that firefighter, maybe it was a suicide thing. You know, he lived, worked with fire his entire life, maybe had some fascination with it. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe something as simple as people drink gas and fucking, and smoke a cigarette, dude. I don't know. And fucking, that's a wrap. I don't know what, uh, but I, I feel like it's, I don't know. It could be medical, but if it was medical, you'd think it'd be more talked about. I guess if you're, there's someone with a terrible diet, um, maybe something like that could happen. You know what I mean? Well, typically when you, yeah. when you do get, uh, one, uh, one variety of cases that's, that's famous that happens in quite a few different species is whales on the beach. Yeah. What happens is that the gas builds up in the, uh, in the stomach and it eventually all explodes. Yeah. But there, there's not a species around where that explosion results in a self-consuming fire. That is the aspect of it that does not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's where, where I would tend to agree with you that it sounds more like foul play than yeah. any, anything else. I know that, um, with what you can buy in a store, and I learned this in chemistry class, what you can buy in a store, you can make a homemade version of napalm, and one of the yeah. characteristics of napalm is that you cannot put it out. It has to burn itself out. That's kind of what I was going with, with that chemical. I don't want to get, you can make it at your house. That's why I don't want to get too deep. <laughs> oh, you, you, you can. I learned that in chemistry class. I had yeah. a twisted teacher that thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a I have a sheet that I got that I got offline years ago. That's like, it's like a secret. It's like a list of all these different deadly shit you can make out of like what's in your what's in your like cleaning cabinet of your like your bathroom. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, yeah, it is a bunch of that stuff. It's kind of scary when you think about it. All right. Um. So yeah, I I think that the the, the combustion thing. I think we're going to have to, they're still unexplainable in mostly ghostly terms. We still can't explain that. Well, we explain it with foul play murder, you know what I mean? Especially the situation of like them burning on a bed and the bed's not burnt. Like that's definitely somebody burnt them somewhere else and brought them there. You know what I mean? Yep. Because even I feel like if you did, if you did combust, I think that the the heat coming off of your body, I think would... Because mattresses are pretty flammable, if I remember correctly, with all the the shit that's made made in like that, like it's fabric, but it's like there's plastics and shit in it too. So like uh, that would catch pretty easily, I think. I want to say mattresses are flammable, really, really flammable. I think. Uh most things today they go up real easy. Yeah. So uh, it's weird. Like I feel like yeah, like and if you combust, I'm sure you burn out for a little bit, a couple minutes at least, before like you know. It's done. It's not just an explosion. So, yeah, that would be uh, that would that would that would probably catch that that mattress on fire. Weird. Yep. The whole thing's weird. Yeah. Flame is flame. Something else would have to burn. Yeah, that's one of the weird ones. But yeah, I think we agree that's more probably most likely foul play. Weird. Yeah. If anybody's interested, check out some pictures of. Uh, the, the the human combustion like we said it's weird you know the torso is usually burnt to a fucking crisp and then the legs or whatever or a hand just happens to be chilling and uh it looks like fucking 
napalm or some type of weird acid that just sucks everything up, makes it go bye-bye. Well, I'm wondering, uh, with modern-day forensics, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear much about the human combustion anymore. Yeah. So I'm wondering sure. it's, it would be difficult to pull off if it's a crime because they'd be able to tell a whole lot of things they couldn't tell 50 years ago. Right. 30, even 30 years ago. There's a lot of, lot of stuff they couldn't prove then. They'd be able to prove now. And I haven't heard much of it uh, recently, and it's a distinct possibility that if it was, let's say, a crime, then someone turned it into an urge, urban legend to be able to get away with it. Let's not forget corruption. I mean, there's not a lot of cases of it, so even small-town cop corruption, where people need to go away and they just burn them up and say, hey, spontaneous combustion, chalk it off. Because if they're in it, if the police are involved, and they, you get the cooperation of the police and the, 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 the body bag man, then you're uh, free. You're free, dude. No worries. I guess, why don't you just say they had a heart well, suffocate them and t- say they had a heart attack at that point, though. You're not going to go as elaborate as the... Burning half of their body is very questionable, you know? I know O.J. Simpson wasn't down with that tactic. He's more of a quicker killer. Speculation, speculation. Um, Next up, the Cooper falling body. All right, now this right here is for anybody out there that looks at ghostly pictures and stuff. This is the famous picture of the family sitting, sitting down at dinner, and there's a gentleman hanging upside down from, like, what it looks like the ceiling. Um, but he's very ghostly. Yeah, it's an inter- interesting picture. Right, you've probably seen it. I want to say that I think ICP used this for like an album cover once for like a uh, you know like a quick limited edition release. Um, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very creepy. You know, sometimes with photography, people will say that there's double exposure, where you that's why you see things because they print the same picture, two pictures on one photo type deal. And that's how you get certain people in the background. But a picture like this is very weird because the face is very blurred and the body is kind of out of shape in a way. Um, it's like elongated, stretched, weird looking. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think this is more of like a haunting picture. I'll get a little more into it with you guys. But, you know, the details are pretty thin on the ground. And uh, I really just a couple of sentences about half. Let me see here. Um, let me see. Yeah, I guess I'll, the, the details are pretty thin on the ground. And we and are really just a couple of sentences about halfway through the last century. Judging by the clothes, the Cooper families moved into a new home somewhere in Texas. They took a photo, photograph to mark this occasion. And this, this thing appeared in the left frame upon development. Uh, which, like I said, the dude hanging upside down. And that's it. I'm told that the original snap has been cropped, which explains why the family is now not centered uh, as one would expect them to be. However, there is there is some degree of vignetting, which points towards the photograph being uncropped. Another possibility is that a doll or something was being dangled in front of the camera to make sure Uh, The boys looked into the lens, but would anyone really let an object into the frame so much? Surely it'd be just as easy to dangle the doll above the lens. Yeah, that's definitely... I'm going to post this up so people can see it. 
because this is a very weird. This will be on the fa- the the mostly ghostly Facebook page. Uh, we'll throw some articles up there with some different pictures that you guys can take a peek for yourself. But this one's a weird one because it does. I mean, it's a dude. It looks it's eerily a dude hanging from the ceiling. His arms look like they kind of they stretched from being hung so long type deal. It's almost like oh, I like that. That's cool. Where'd you get that? Uh, anniversary present from my wife. That's very cool. Um, for anybody out there, Ray just showed me a cool Godzilla picture he has hanging up. But in the face on this, like the, the the arms are stretched out, but the face is super weird. It's all shadowed out. But like if you look at it close, you almost see like a fucking weird like reptile face, which is it almost looks like a fucking snake. Like what it looks like, huh? I didn't say anything. Oh, maybe it was the dude. Maybe it was the guy hanging, speak coming through from the other side. It's um, it's weird. It almost looks like a human. It almost looks awkwardly like a reptilian. To be honest with you, it looks very reptilian. Even the way the arms are elongated, and it looks like a body hanging down, upside down, facing the camera. But the the, the head is and neck is dark, so it almost it looks kind of like a snake coming through the body of like a headless person, and like a snake comes head comes out the the head hole. That's what it looks like. Which is creepy, by all means, creepy, super duper creepy. Um, it is very weird, you know. They 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 claim that it was it was fabricated a little bit because they cropped it and they they question if they did some other stuff to it. Um, it's weird. I, I it has to be left up for speculation of other people. Um, the way the candles are in the picture are weird because it almost looks like. Um, right when the candles stop is where the, the guy's head starts, but it's like, that could just be a freak of nature deal. But yeah, I don't know about this one. This is a very famous, you know, there's two very famous ghost pictures that I always think of. And it's this one, I believe the the ICP album was the Phantom that they used this cover, but, um, it was this one. And then there's the famous Amityville, um, picture where it has the kids sitting on the stairs He's like, like, take a picture, and the kid's, like, on the steps, like, look at, look, looking over his shoulder at the camera, and his eyes are, like, yellow. That's, like, a super creepy visual, too. Those are the ones I always think of when um when I come to it, you know. But this picture, it looks, it's an old picture, for sure. You can tell by the way they're dressed. Um, and they, the kids are so young that even if they, even if this was staged in, the, in during the picture... Um, those kids would not be able to not react to what's going on. You know what I mean? Because it's right there. They'd be like looking up to it, or they wouldn't be smiling. That's for sure. Because it is like you can tell something's it ain't got a good look. Like I wouldn't want to. They're at the age where they wouldn't understand that it was fake if it was fake, and uh, wouldn't be digging that look. I know as a as a as a thirty seven year old man, I don't dig that look if I was to see that hanging from my ceiling. So I'm sure they feel the same way. But uh, I'd have to say that that's probably like that's probably some serious shit caught on picture, man. That's my take on that. To me, uh, considering the time frame, yeah, and everything that you mentioned, to me that's more like a haunting than a doctored picture. Yeah, I think that I think that's where it is. I'm, I don't I don't see. I'm looking for a date. I don't see a date that it was taken. 
Um, but it was definitely, this has to be the 40, 40s or 50s, maybe 60s. I doubt it. I'm saying 50s, 50s or 40s probably. And it's, um, well, probably 50s, I'd say. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the technology, unless this was done by a professional, like, fabricator, I don't think... I don't think uh, this is doable in that time because it even look even by today's standards it would look pretty pretty good as a Photoshop. Um, next up, the moving coffins of the Chase family vault. Now this is not Chase Carson family vault. This is uh, the, the C H A S E. When the wealthy Chase family bought a vault, it was already some eighty years old. The vault was partially underground and hewn out over the compacted coral that make up much of the island's foundation. Despite its age, it had only ever housed a single occupant, one Thomasina Goddard. You don't see Thomasina anymore as a name. Tommy for short. Uh, the head of the Chase family, Colonel Thomas Chase, decided not to disturb Goddard, and he was soon saved from her lonely prostration when the young Marianne Maria Chase joined her in lead-lined eternity. Uh, two more deaths followed in the years after upon reopening for the Thomas Chase's body. It was seen that somehow Dorca's coffin had moved from its original position and now rested against the far wall, standing on the end with its head downward. Uh, blaming vandals and thieves, the funeral party replaced the coffin slid the marble slab back over the entrance and left. From then on, every time the vault was opened, the contents would be uh, in disarray, including Thomas Chase's heavy casket, which, according to sources, took eight men to lift. Four times over the following years would the marble slab he heaved aside, would be heaved aside and the sun's light rush in to illuminate thus weird dance macabre. By now, word had spread about the strange movements, and members of the public and island officials began attending the burials in great numbers. It was decided that cement seals would be put in place to indicate tampering. Eight months passed, and the governor and a party of men decided to check out the crypt on their own. The seals were found to be intact, and no evidence of foul play could be seen, until upon reopening, it was witnessed thus once again, that contents were in disarray. In fact, this time it was particularly chaotic scene that greeted the onlookers as all the contents had been moved from their resting places. That kind of sucks. Marianne's coffin had come to rest against the, the left wall and a small chunk had been chipped off it, seemingly caused by the violence of its journey. The floor's sandy coating was undisturbed and no sign of flooding or earthquake was apparent. After this incident, the story ends abruptly. The bodies were moved to other burial sites, and the chase vault was left empty. It still stands vacant to this day at Odison's on the island, southern island's southern coast. Um, I don't know. I feel like this one's more of just, you know, teenagers and shit going in there, moving stuff around, trying to be funny. Or maybe even somebody trying to keep the you know, the legend going who knew the family or something who went in there and did some shit. 
Yeah, to me, it sounds more like vandals. I mean, yeah, it's difficult to move slabs, but if uh, men could move them to get them in there, then people can go in and move them, move those those slabs and those bodies around again. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? I'm definitely, I'm definitely thinking this was a little foul play action. I think we can both agree on that. Well, once, well, also after the first time, once people start going, "Oh wow, did you hear?" Well, someone else thinks it's cool. I say, hey, let's yeah. wait and then do it again. We'll freak them out even more. So that, yeah, that they keep they keep the legend going. Yeah, for sure. We got our next up. Next up is one we just talked about, another ghostly picture, which is the Amityville, the Amityville ghost caught on film. Now, Ray, are you familiar with this picture? I've seen it. I haven't studied it. This picture, I'd have to say, is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, paranormal picture. Um, I don't know. For anybody out there who doesn't know this one, check out the Amityville picture from the Amityville house. It's uh, There's a few pictures, but this picture is probably the one that will pop up, and it's a picture of a staircase, and there's a kid. Um, I thought he was on the staircase, but he's actually in a doorway near the staircase, and it's just his head, it's his face, like, peeking out from behind the doorway. No fucking denying what it is. There's no, hey, it's a shadow, or it's this or that. It is a kid, no fucking questions asked. Uh, he has white, pale eyes, ghoulish looking, th- something you don't want to see. It looks like a boy with just, not even ghoulish looking, just a boy with white eyes, which is ghoulish enough. Um the real question is if it was placed there, if it was reality, and it is, it has, there's something about it, you know what I mean? You, you see this picture, and there's something about it that just sticks with you, and, um, you know, there was a kid of that age that was killed there. Um, I'd kind of like to see, do some research and see what the kids looked like, because if that looks like one of the kids that died, that would hands down be the most horrifying picture I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, anybody out there that, uh, we'll put the article up, but you know, and this is a very famous picture. A lot of you probably have seen it. Ray, I'm sure has seen it. He just said he he didn't investigate it too much yet. No, Uh, not yet. I I saw it, thought it was creepy and then kept going. That's all you really can do. Uh, a little bit about it. You know, this is another uh, striking photo. Like I said, some say the young looker, the young looking figure, uh, peeking over the banister is a demon with glowing eyes. Uh, others that think that it bears an uncanny resemblance to one of the y- young DeFeo boys that was murdered in the house by Ronald Jr. After the story of the Lutz family's experiences of the Amityville house broke to the public, an investigation was led by infamous demonologist, again, Ed and Lorraine Warren in 1976. Photographer Gene Campbell set up a camera on the second floor to automatically take pictures at certain intervals. Amongst many of the uh, intersecting exposures was this one. Uh, And I haven't really researched this thoroughly, like Ray said, uh, but it is worth pointing out that in general, there is a huge amount of skeptic uh, belief surrounding the Amityville saga. You know, the Amityville story is one of the big ones that they kind of went at for them and, you know, said that they, you know, it wasn't real. Like they said that that was bullshit. But I don't know. Like this photo... 
if this photo was set up to make it look more believable, then I can understand. But the photo, when you and everybody checks this photo out, they'll understand. And it's like, it's got to be one of the most eeriest um, paranormal photos ever, ever put out. You know what I mean? Creeps me out to this day. Every time I see it, I've seen the, this picture maybe 50 times throughout my life, just stumbling into it. And every time I see it, I get creeped out by it. Um, next up, you know, we're going to go ahead and say, we're going to, we'll do a little more investigation, but I do, we do feel, we do believe in the ghost at the mostly ghostly. So we will say that that is uh, explainable in ghostly terms. Next up, the Baltic sea object. Are you familiar with this one off the bat, Ray? Nope. This one creeps me out a little bit. It's, uh, an under something they found in the ocean. Um, which is has it's like a weird tribal design type situation. Three years ago, a weird thing turned up on the sea uh, seabed of Sweden. Ocean X, a professional wreck location and diving company, found it using sonar. It is unusually circular in shape with curious grooves in it. Its surface and it appears to be on some sort of cleared section of runway. All sorts of explanations have been put forward. For it, some claim it is a sunken alien spacecraft, while others have more rational ideas, saying it could be a World War II anti-submarine device or a battleship gun turret or a sediment dropped by a fishing trawler. It could also be a perfectly natural, if unusual, formation of rock, but that kind of takes the fun out of it, you know what I mean? Others like to point out its similarity to the Millennium, Millennium Falcon, now, what this is, it's this stone, this weird stone rock. I don't think it said how big it was. I would like to know that. And it does look like something out of a fucking science fiction movie where it's this weird chiseled out. This wasn't just, to look at it, this wasn't just something that um, formed. Because if you look at the grooves in it, it's definitely some type of logo or it's designed in this shape for a reason. What that reason is, I have no idea. But uh, it is definitely not just a freak nature that this thing looks this way. Um, like I said, the article will be up. But the Baltic Sea Object. Definitely check that out. Because that's some weird shit. And it says it at the bottom of a runway. So yeah, that brings in the whole thing where, you know, there's talk of different civilizations that were buried. Like Atlantis. You have... You have the whole thing of aliens that are under underwater type deal. That's where they hide um, their crafts. I mean, William Cooper himself talked about crafts coming out of the <clears throat> the ocean. So it could be anything. But what's your take on something like this uh, this underwater? I mean, it'd probably be better if you, if you've seen a picture of it. But just roughly a, a other world. It's weird. It's, it, it looks like an other world. It looks like something that would be the logo. It looks like a it looks like a spaceship, you know what I mean. I'll give it that. I'd love to know what the actual sizing was because I'm just looking at it. I'm looking at it in a picture, so it could either be the size of a wallet or the size of a town. You know what I mean? Like uh, you can't really tell, but it does look like it is. It is grooved up, man. Like it is. This wasn't. This was not randomly made by waves and salt water and you know this was definitely somebody designed this did whatever they did to it and that's that you know what i mean but i'd love to know how big it actually is 
that'd be uh, that'd be a fun fact. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, t- I would tend to say that you're probably looking at an older civilization. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be something mysterious like Atlantis either. There have been some. Um, over one part of over in the Indian Ocean, there they found some buried ruins that match some old stories over there about a, an old civilization that uh, used to be there. If you take a look off the coast of Japan, you had those giant pyramids and steps and doorways all underneath the water. And these things have perfectly cut edges. Um, so for them to find that under there, yeah, I don't think it's uh, 21st century or even 20th century. And I don't think it's natural. It's just one of those that uh, is real that we haven't figured out yet. But yeah, I'd put it more to an old civilization. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, um, you know, the Baltic Sea animality is another thing they call it. It refers to uh, interpretations of this indistinct sonar image taken by Peter Lindbergh, Dennis Aberg, and their Swedish Ocean X diving team while the treasure hunting on the floor of the northern Baltic Sea. At the center of the Gulf of Bothnia in June 2011, the team suggested the sonar image showed an object with unusual features of seemingly non-natural origin, promoting speculation published in tabloid and newspapers that the object was a shrunken UFO, a sunken UFO. The consensus of experts and scientists say that the image most likely shows a natural geological formation. I don't know, man. For anybody out there, peep this picture and you let me know if, uh, you know, that was, if, if that's a natural deal, you know what I mean? I really don't, I really don't think it is. I think that that's, there's too many grooves and weird stuff within it to, say that it is you know that it is that that you know it it don't look no it don't look natural to me you know what i mean that's all i'll say it looks a lot like um it looks a lot like a space object you know what i mean uh space object could be but i was also thinking there have been a variety of different ice ages yeah civilizations have gone and come and gone You've had the sea level has been different. It's been lowered. Then it's been higher. Uh, you also had a mini ice age during the Middle Ages uh, where things went dark and got cold and it, they didn't necessarily have glaciers overrunning everything. But you've had changes in sea levels, ice ages, uh, many civilizations. I mean, they a fairly recent dis- discovery is at uh, Gotepi, which is yeah, rewriting yeah. some some history right there. So I'd say... If it's not USO, UFO, then it's definitely uh, an older civilization that they've just discovered at the bottom there. Maybe that one time uh, that land sunk or maybe that land was exposed and uh, there were people that lived there and they built structures and the water came in, they left. Yeah. They also claim that it's a, a glacial deposit as well. I don't know. Wouldn't that defrost? Wouldn't that like melt if it was a glacier under the ocean? Uh, well, that would be the rocks that the glacier pushed down there. But typically, like in several locations, you occasionally may find a rock that seems to be perched for some reason. And yeah. you wonder how it how it got up there. Well, a glacier moved it and then uh, it was literally standing on edge when the ice melted away around it. It happened to be balanced and stayed there. Yeah. So I don't think you would have any carvings 
or any patents from a glacier. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it would just be it would be a collection of stones, large ones. True. Yeah, it's weird. It does look like a little platform almost. Like I, I love to. I I I I tried to find the size, and I couldn't find the size of like, um, you know, this thing and how big they actually think it is type deal. Um, but I, that, judging from the size, is where I could really finalize my opinion of what I think it is. You know, I just can't finalize it as of now. All right, next up, the Ice Woman of Minnesota. Um, in the December of nineteen eighty. 19-year-old Jen Jean Hilliard uh, was out driving in northwestern Minnesota when her car slid off the road. It was bitterly cold weather, and the engine refused to restart. Uh, Hilliard decided to walk to Wally Nelson's home, which lay two miles away. She never made it, collapsing in a handful of paces from the front door. That sucks. Early next, that makes it sound fake, too. Early next morning, her body was found. She was literally frozen stiff. Within the hour, she was taken to Faustin Municipal Hospital. Doctors could, couldn't penetrate her skin with needles, and her body uh, temperature was so low it didn't even show up on thermometers. Even her eyes were frozen solid and wouldn't react to light. Amazingly, after hours of slowly being warmed up by the heating pads, Hilliard began to revive. After three days, she could move her legs again. After a month and a half in the hospital, Hilliard was discharged and has reported uh, no ill effects at all since uh, then, according to reports. Now, there is there's a picture that goes with this one that's pretty fucking horrifying, I will say. Um, whether it, this, this goes to this or this is just something roaming around the interwebs. But um, it looks pretty dang legitimate for a frozen woman. Um, this kind of goes back to before where it's like, I don't really know if I believe if like a person could be frozen dead and then come back to life. I feel like after, much like everything else, after your brain waves and your heartbeat stops for a certain amount of time, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? What, what's your take on this? Uh, if she was frozen solid, I don't care if it's a flash freeze, uh, what it is, there'd be too much, uh, cell damage. She wouldn't be able to be yeah, revived. For sure. You get, like I said, you get frozen, freezer burn when you're in, when food's in the freezer for like fucking too long. Um, granted this was a, this case was different where they found her immediately type deal, but still I feel like once, dude, I just can't, I can't fathom. That she fucking she was so frozen that they couldn't put a needle in her, but but her brain but she walked away with no issues. You know what I mean? Like by the the the, the pure chance that they could actually get her back alive, um, I feel like not only her body but her brain would probably have to be pushed around in a wheelchair for the rest of her days. Like that, you don't really come back from something like that. I mean, the damage that would happen to your brain, come on, like it would defrost into like mush. You know what I mean? Well, our bodies are mostly water. What happens when they freeze is water expands and it rips the cells apart. Ah. So if she if she was frozen solid, there's no way she could come back. Everything would be uh, damaged too far. Yeah. yeah, so I don't, you know, some people say that Minnesota folks are a little questionable to begin with. We love them at Mostly Ghostly. But, um, you know, go Vikings, right? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I believe this one. I think this is. I think once you, you know, it's one of those things where you can't say once you go dead, you don't, you can't come back because Ray himself went there, and it's numerous reports of people doing it. I don't. So like, then you have to say, what's the difference between going out like something that happened to Ray or going out like this? I mean, there she's dead for longer, which I think that's the regularly that's the big, the big like difference between them is like. You know, I think you're allowed to be dead for what, like five minutes or something before you're like, there's no way of coming back. Like something weird like that. Like you, you only, once you're dead, you're only allowed a certain amount of time to like medically be brought back to life. And if it's, if it, if even impossible to be brought back to life from whatever situation happens to you. But, um, her being frozen on somebody's front lawn all night. Her walking two miles and freezing to death from that two-mile walk makes me feel that the rest of the night would have really finished her off. You know what I mean? Like, realistically. <laughs> like, they didn't catch it till the morning, so you're chilling in the darkness, cold, darkness, snow. Yeah, that ain't... You're just laying in that... Just Your flesh laying in that snow for a couple hours is going to destroy your skin. You're going to be finished. So I definitely think this is... Uh, False. Falsehood. I would say it's false. I know there are cases where people have uh, gone under ice in a, or gone into freezing water. Yeah. But hypothermia sets in and the whole body slows down so that when they pull them out, they appear to be dead. They're not actually dead yet, even though it's been a period of time because their whole metabolism, uh, the whole body has slowed itself down. Now, if you take a look at, I was watching uh, several documentaries on people, and it was people who had died been brought back. Uh, there were a couple of them that were out for 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, they shouldn't be able to come back, but the thing is, none of them were frozen. So, the, di- the difference is the freezing, what happens to tissues when you freeze. If you're talking about being there all night, uh, no, the body simply wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, we're not talking a spiritual thing. We're talking uh, physically. The body would be destroyed. Yeah, the body's just a a vehicle. You know what I mean? It does break down. That's why we all die eventually. That's why these, you know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I I can't really find. I don't know what the whole deal is with freezing, why they think, like with the Disney thing, Walt Disney thing and all that, like where they think that if they, they can freeze their bodies and everything will be cool. That's weird. It's a weird deal. Um, you know, next up, the mystery of Elisa Lamb. Now, we've talked about her on the show before. Does that name ring any bells with you off the bat? It's familiar. Uh, this is the, the water tower girl. They found her in the water towers on top of the hotel. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elisa Lamb, mystery this stands for a few reasons. Stands out for a few reasons. Firstly, this is uh, this is no centuries-old fireside tale with the scant photographic evidence of super dodgy sources. Because we this happened in the last couple of years, like five years. I remember it was on the news and everything. Secondly, the manner of her death has been debated furiously in some corners of the internet, with it appearing almost like a locked door mystery. Uh, finally, what happened with Lamb's body was truly the stuff of nightmares. Um. Miss Lamb was 21 years old. She's a tourist from Canada. 
And on the 26th of January, 2013, the student checked into the 600-room Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles by herself. Five days later, she was reported missing by her parents after her daily phone calls home stopped. About a month after these events, the hotel's management team began to hear reports of problems with the room's supply of water. Complaints included erratic drops in pressure, unusual coloration, uh, little more than a trickle available, and very funny, a very funny, sweet, disgusting taste to the water when drunk. Investigation of these reports by the maintenance staff uncovered the unthinkable. In one of the hotel's rooftop water tanks was Lamb's corpse. How fucking horrifying is that? Um, you know, there's a YouTube video of her. You can ch- you can check out more of the story. You know, uh, online there's a lot of things on it. Yeah, I know her YouTube video of the security camera of her kind of frantically running around and looks like she's running from somebody um, that we can't see. And I've said, but we're going to do an episode on this because. A theory that I've heard behind this that I think is the most interesting um, that Ray, Ray's brought up before is the invisibility cloak. All right. Yes. Do you remember the invisibility cloak? Well, that's simply bending light. Yeah. It's like one of those things where that, that the got like one of those things that the government would want a master to use as some type of weapon. But the theory that I've heard about this is that there's a dude that I've heard multiple. Theory. I heard a possession theory where a dude that worked there was possessed by there was like a serial killer um, that like used to they found like in the bottom or something. Some weird. It almost has that go, the, the woman's Ghostbusters take on it with the weird dude in the basement that it's up to all up to all no good. But suppose there was the claim of a, like just weirdo dude that just kind of preyed on her like a regular sick and twisted human that, you know, serial kill people up. There's that. And then there's like a weird tie with an invisibility cloak, which is the most interesting, but then you'd have to wonder why she was so important for whoever to own something that powerful to go after her, unless she knew something type deal. But long story short of the theory is supposedly there's a cloak that you can put over yourself. Like Ray said, if you bend light, um, you could appear invisible, which is insane. Like, I won't say insane, but it's a crazy thought, super interesting. And, um, I could go on for days in conversation about that. But, um, what's your take on this whole deal? I find the weirdness of finding her in that tank. That is very strange. I mean, it's at least they say there was no evidence. And how do you get the body in the tank? It was in a, in a room that had no access. There's a lot there. There's a lot of big questions there that uh, I don't know how you're going to answer or anybody will answer. The um, people drinking it and it, it, it tasting sweet and um, disgusting. Um, that's disgusting right there. I mean, drinking corpse water. Whoo! You can't. That's like a, you bottle that up, pulling corpse water. Be doing big, doing it big. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That whole thing's crazy. We're going to do an episode strictly on that one of these days to really dive in. But, uh, 
it is unexplainable because nobody has a clue what the hell is going on with that situation. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any more unexplainable than that. And, ladies and gentlemen, that was our, that was the last one from our list, you know. So, with that, we'll wrap it up and we'll tell everybody out there, hey, we hope you had a fantastic Halloween. It was last Saturday. I hope you got out there and you watched our big mashup video. Um, with, of course, the Mostly Ghostly Gang here. We have Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie folks, Boombasticast folks, Behold the Pill Podcast folks. We're getting in the tradition of, instead of doing multiple Halloween episodes and, and holiday episodes, we're just going to do big mashup episodes. They'll be on the uh, Boombastic Media YouTube page. So if you haven't uh, popped on there and subscribed to that, do it. Do so, because you'll see a lot of our video stuff up there. And... Um, yeah, you know, we also want to, me and Ray Bolt want to send out a gigantic shout out. This week we passed our 5,000. Listen, Mark, Ray. Yeah, we're up to, I think, 5,005 at this moment, 5,005. So we cleared that and we want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, we never would have been able to have reached those heights without the audience, of course. And we thank you guys for supporting and listening and you know, getting creeped out with us as we we go through these mostly ghostly stories and su- substances. Would you like to say anything to the folks, Bray, before we bounce out? I'd say keep on listening. You can find us uh, mostly ghostly on Facebook, mostly ghostly on Spotify. Um, we're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. I mean, you you name it. We're out. We're out there. Yeah. Spotify and is the spot. I like Spotify. But what do we got? About forty episodes right now. Yeah, we're up to I think forty four, forty five. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a whole host of topics in there that you might uh, find something really interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I, I'm very, I'm very hard on stuff, and I enjoy the podcast. So that's that. I'm very hard on stuff I do, and I enjoy the podcast. So that's saying a lot. So that means it's a great podcast. From from what I'm told. So, yeah, that you, if you're listening, you understand. You know the deal. But, uh, yeah, we want to thank you again. Uh, we appreciate the support, and uh, we got a lot of more cool stuff coming for you in November. Um, we're putting some stuff together. We're talking today about it, and um, hell, yeah, you know. it's uh, We survived the Halloween season. Now we're going into the season of thanks, and um, we thank you all for being with us. And uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.